Psalms 86 and 15, but thou, O Lord, art a God, everybody say full, full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and everybody say plenteous. This word means abundant, abundance. It means more than enough in mercy and truth. Amen. He's full of compassion and he's gracious and he's long-suffering. And he's got all we need in mercy and in truth. And I want to preach for just a little while, amen, from this title, Unbelievable Mercy. Unbelievable Mercy. Set your Bibles down and lift your hands to the Lord and your voices. Come on, I need some prayer warriors to help me pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I know you're going to help us today. I know you're going to strengthen us today. I know you're going to speak to every heart that's here, God. You're going to do work in every life today, God. You're going to strengthen people. Come on, why don't you join with somebody if it's appropriate right now? Hallelujah. Join your faith with their faith for one moment. Say, God, help us today. God, we need your strength in this place. We need your help. We need you to take us to a new level, God. We want to grow in you today. We don't want to stay where we're at. We don't want to be stagnant, God. We want to go higher in you, God. We want more anointing. We want more power. We want more strength. We need you, Jesus. Come on, let's love him together. Come on, why don't you just praise him right now? Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. It was Thursday night. I had come to the church. I was praying. I wasn't praying for a word to preach. I was just praying, trying to talk to God and reach God. And I, as often I, I like to, I like to get in the spirit and pray and kind of forget about everything going on around me. Forget about every problem and thing that needs to be taken care of. I mean, you got to learn how to block things out of your mind if you're going to touch God. So I was praying and I got into the spirit and, and a lot of times when I do, I'll just start saying stuff and I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know who I'm saying it to because a lot of times I'm by myself. But anyway, these two words come out of my mouth Thursday, unbelievable Mercy. And when I said it, it stopped me right where I was. And I thought, what did I just say? And it was a word from God. And God began to deal with me. Amen. Thursday night in this house, Friday, Saturday. And I couldn't wait till I got here this morning to be able to preach to this church. About a God who is so merciful. It is on. Believable. A God that is so merciful, it's unbelievable. He said, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. If you ain't got nothing else to praise God about, just the fact uh, that he was merciful upon you uh, ought to make you want to shout, make you want to dance, make you want to praise God. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. I'm going to give you a couple definitions and then we'll, we'll roll through this. The Bible says he is full of compassion. The Bible definition, I think I, I think I used the Easton's Dictionary, I believe. I can't remember. I think so. But compassion, it calls it a suffering with another. Everybody say with another. This is a description of what our God is. 
suffering with another. It is a painful sympathy. It is a sensation of sorrow that is created by the distress or misfortunes of another. Amen. When somebody's down, that means the other person who is compassionate is moved. Not, well, that's what they get. Well, that's what they deserve. That's not compassion. Compassion is when you're moved when somebody else is hurt. Compassion is a mixture. It's a compound of love and sorrow. This is a description of our God. Our Bible says that he is gracious. That means he is favorable. He is kind. He is friendly. He's benevolent. He is disposed to forgive offenses and to impart unmerited blessings, meaning give to people things you didn't deserve. Hallelujah. That's our God. The Bible says our God is long-suffering. That means bearing injuries or provocation for a long time. It means patient. It means not easily provoked. That's our God. And then it says he is plenteous or abundant in, everybody say mercy. This is the Bible definition of mercy. It's like a paragraph. It is that benevolence or that mildness or tenderness of heart, which causes a person to overlook injuries, overlook what you've done to them. Or to treat an offender better than he deserves. Praise God. The disposition that tempers justice, that means it balances out what you would like to do. Or maybe what they deserve. Mercy balances it out. And induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries. Mercy causes people to forbear punishment. Or to inflict less than the law or justice would warrant. That means, here again, whatever they would deserve, you would give them a lot less than that. If they deserve life without parole, mercy says, let's give them probation and see if they can change their life. Come on, I'm going to preach to you for a little while. This is the Bible definition continues. It says, in this sense, there is perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy. Meaning there ain't nothing like mercy. Said so that which comes nearest to it would be grace. But mercy implies benevolence, tenderness, mildness, pity, or compassion and clemency. And it's always exercised only towards offenders. It said, mercy is a distinguishing attribute of the supreme being. Meaning, mercy is an attribute that only God gets to carry. It's a badge that only he gets to wear. Amen. And I want to focus today from what God dealt with me about. And it's about this unbelievable. Everybody say, unbelievable. Mercy. Unbelievable mercy. Unbelievable the fact that he would not kill us. It's unbelievable that he held back judgment long enough for me to get to an altar. It's unbelievable he let me go to church one more time until I could get my mind right where I knew what to do. Everybody say that's unbelievable. Jeremiah would write in his book of Lamentations, he said, it is of the Lord's mercies 
that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. We're all here today sitting in God's house because he's merciful to us. If God wasn't full of mercy, this would be an empty house this morning. Uh, There wouldn't be a preacher. There wouldn't be a sound man. uh, There wouldn't be a musician. uh, And there would be nobody sitting on the pews uh, if God was not merciful. Come on, let's love him together right now. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope it's all right to brag on Jesus for a little while. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to know where you come from. You got to know who helped you get there. Amen. I heard a preacher say one time, if you walk past the fence and you see a turtle sitting on a fence post, just know he didn't get there by himself. Just know he didn't climb up the post all by himself. Uh, Somebody helped him out. Uh, And if you see somebody in church uh, full of the Holy Ghost uh, and they got the joy unspeakable and full of glory, just know they didn't get there by themselves. It was the mercy of God that came down and helped them. Hallelujah. Thank God for mercy. Jeremiah would continue. He would say they, talking about his mercies, are new every morning. Hallelujah. This is unbelievable. This is hard for us to comprehend. That when you woke up this morning, you started walking into a fresh, new mercy I'm not talking about something that runs out. Uh, I'm talking about when you rolled out of bed this morning. uh, You rolled out into a brand new mercy. Uh, Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost backing me up right now. I feel the joy of the Lord in this place. Uh, I feel like somebody's mind's going to get turned around in this place. uh, And you're going to understand, hey, I'm blessed today uh, because I serve a merciful God. Man, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me because your mind cannot even comprehend it. When the Lord gave me those two words, I began to think about why. Why would you call it unbelievable mercy to me while I'm sitting here praying on a Thursday night? And I realized because our mind cannot even perceive How wonderful his mercies are. We can't even go there. True mercy is an attribute of God. Hallelujah. We try to be like God. We want to be like God. We can be merciful. But our mercy is very limited. Our mercy is limited in scope. And it's limited in amount. Praise God. You ain't got amen me. I prayed since Thursday night. Our mercy is limited in scope because that means there's certain things we are merciful about. And there's other things that's outside of the scope. Somebody spills water in your house. You're merciful to them. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's just the floor. We'll clean it up. It ain't no big deal. You let somebody walk into your house and injure one of your children. It's okay. It's just a child. You start realizing you ain't like God. You are merciful to a degree as long as it falls within your parameters. But there are things we're not merciful about at all, and maybe for good reason. Uh, Amen. And I'm not preaching about, uh, this is what I'm preaching about. God is so merciful. Where ours is limited, 
Praise God. His is unlimited. Ours is unlimited in the, in the amount that we are merciful. One time, okay, it's all right. Do that to me twice. Praise uh, God. Third time. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm preaching to you. Everybody downtown that's homeless, some of them have mental disorders, and of course they've rejected every treatment plan that was ever tried to be offered to them by family and friends and government and all that. There's a lot of them down there that have simply run out of mercy with humanity. See, they borrowed $100 from mom and said they had to do this, and they went and smoked dope, and then they... And mama said, uh, uh. Well, daddy for sure said, um, then the second time they did it, maybe they got another hunter, maybe the third time, but there comes a point where the limit of mercy of humanity will run out. Amen. Don't get mad at people when they give up on you, but you know why? They're not God. (laughs) Hey, if all the world gives up on you, you ain't got to hang your head down because there's one place uh, you can still wake up to a brand new mercy. Uh, and it's called Jesus. Uh, hey man, it's unbelievable. Uh, I've not come to beat up people over your parameters or your amount of mercy. I will tell you what the Bible says. The merciful will obtain mercy. <laughs> So the more merciful you are, the more you're going to get. Amen. I I like to be as merciful as possible. Amen. Because I want as much as I can get. Amen. But I'm telling you, humanity has a limit. God. (laughs) Every day when you wake up, it's brand new. It's almost shocking to me how merciful God is. James would say it like this. Mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Two attributes of God. God has an attribute of judgment. Let me tell you one of these days, it's coming. Don't let today's message confuse you. Because judgment is on the way. But the Bible said, mercy rejoiceth against judgment. When somebody that deserves the death penalty, spiritually, finds God. Mercies. There's an attribute of God that says, yes. How, How different is that than the way some people think? You ain't got to amen. You ain't got to stand. Just praise God. Just take it. Take it like it ain't a bottle. Take it like it's milk. I mean, like meat. (laughs) Amen. The Bible said when somebody that deserved judgment gets mercy, mercy says, yes. Sometimes humanity says, what? How did that happen? Let me tell you how it happens because God ain't like you. God ain't like me. Thank God we ain't God. Thank God he ain't human. Thank God he don't think like we think. Thank God he don't act like we act. We'd all be in trouble if he did. Well, there's some honest people, a few of them, about 20%. Maybe three out of 11. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, for mercy today. David would say it like this. 
when I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. He said, when I really think about how big God is and how wonderful God is, then it, I, I begin to think, what is man? What is man that you are so mindful of him? Boy, I feel Jesus in this place. What is the son of man that thou visited him? David who understood the greatness of God maybe better than anybody in this Bible David who also understood how frail humanity is maybe better than anybody in this Bible began to think about how weak he was as a man and then he looked up at all that God had done You know what he was doing? He was having one of them moments. God, you don't need me. <laughs> you obviously don't need me, but I'm, th- I'm thankful you've been talking to me. I know this world would keep on going without me, God. But I'm thankful you still love me. I'm thankful I can still go to prayer and feel you. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Man, his mercy is unbelievable. John the 8th chapter. Maybe you could put John 8 up there if you don't mind. Follow it for a little bit. I want to talk to you about an unbelievable mercy. Praise God. The Bible says Jesus went up unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. And with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. And so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience, I got a feeling he started writing, where were you last Thursday at 7 o'clock in the morning? They being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman... Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. preach about an unbelievable mercy a mercy that'll blow your mind what God would do to bring you back home to where you need to be for this woman to be caught as she was I'm I'm just praying this may be God it may not be it may just be me thinking 
But I'm just going to tell you. For this woman to be caught like she was, it tells me she probably was a repeat offender. She probably had a problem and they probably had a suspicion. And that's probably how she got caught. And the law would say that if she was uh, guilty of this sin, that she should be stoned to death. And Jesus begins to teach the accusers a lesson about mercy. God, teach us about mercy. How many more people would be in God's house this morning if we got a revelation of what mercy really is? God, teach me. God, help me. So he teaches the accusers a lesson when he simply says this. The person who has no sin, (laughs) I want you to be the first one. We're going to set up the sequence of how we're going to deal with the judgment of this woman. She deserves to die. Absolutely, the law says she should die. But this is how I want to do it since I'm in charge. The one who has never sinned, I want you to be in the front of the line. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. All of a sudden, maybe they weren't gripping that rock so tight then. Maybe they weren't white knuckling anymore. Like some people do on that front pew when they think <laughs> they're about to get prayed for. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> Telling you they had vengeance in their heart. We're fixing to kill this woman. What a great idea. That's exactly what she deserves. Line up in this order. Praise God. Amen. Makes sense, don't it? Makes a lot of sense. The one who never messed up, you come to the front of the line. Because you really are a good teacher. And he goes back. He begins to ride in the dirt again. Praise God. Hey, you with that white gown on. Praise God. You know what he was doing? He was letting them come face to face with an unbelievable mercy. Something that would be etched in their mind forever. I I hope this gets in somebody's spirit today. He was writing in their mind, hey, I'm not just a God of mercy. I'm a God of unbelievable mercy. Amen. The one that should die, I want to give him another chance. You know what he was really showing him? My priority is not judgment, but my priority is repentance. Without mercy there, you cannot repent. And God was showing that this is not my priority to just chop everybody's head off that does wrong. My priority is to give you one more chance to come to the altar and say, yes, Lord. He didn't just give her a get out of jail free card. He gave her mercy and then he gave her a commandment. Don't do that anymore. Can I preach mercy? But don't do it anymore. When you get mercy, when God says it, come on, lift your hands to the Lord together. Come on, in Jesus' name. The lesson was so powerful and it was so shocking that it took people who were ready to murder this woman and it took the weapons right out of their hands. 
You know what God was trying to show? I want you to be merciful like I'm merciful. I want my people to be merciful like I'm merciful. You think we could expand our amount of mercy we could show towards people? Can I tell you something that the devil never gives up on people? Why should the church give up on people? If the devil wants to keep destroying people, why wouldn't the church be merciful and keep on trying to pull them back to an altar? Come on, I'm going to preach to somebody. I don't ever want this to become the self-righteous church where we accuse everybody of everything. Let me tell you what that leads to. That'll lead to Jesus begin writing your story where other people can read it. I'd just soon him not ever start writing my story. I'd just soon let the past be the past. I'd just soon go and sin no more. Is that? Well, I feel something coming against me right now. I don't want that to be my story. I want God to say, go and sin no more. (laughs) Hallelujah. Shocking. Shocking. It's unbelievable to see how merciful God truly is. Hallelujah. My desire is for God, let this church be like that crowd was after the writing. Hey, I'm perfectly okay if you've lived a perfect life, if you're helping people get right and correcting them. You hear me? I'm okay with you correcting people as long as you're perfect. But if you ain't, you cannot correct people in this church. You know what our job is to do? Take them by the hand and lead them to Jesus. Let let Jesus decide what's going to happen to them. Don't let your gossiping decide what happens to them. Don't let your Facebook post determine what's going to happen to them. Let Jesus decide. uh, Put them in his hand. uh. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Boy, this is good preaching. Amen. It's wearing me out. Why don't we just let God take care of stuff? Hallelujah. Everybody say they're shocked. Shocked when they walk away because it's unbelievable what just happened. Have you ever walked into a situation and you, you just like you think one thing's gonna happen and it's like something totally? And you walk away and your eyes are like crossed, like I don't know what just happened. That's what happened to them guys that day. See, Jesus wasn't the vice president of the Trinity. He was God manifest in the flesh. The God that is abundant in mercy all of a sudden started walking down the road. <laughs> Amen. That's why David said, you know what, I'm in trouble. I know I've really messed up. Just don't put me in the hands of them. Put me in your hands, God. If I got a choice... I'm going to lay across an altar and say, God, you know my heart. Whoop me if I need whooped. Just don't hand me over to them. Hallelujah. You put Luke 15, chapter 15 up there. I'm fixing to read you an unbelievable story. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. You had to hurry. Luke 15 and 25. The Bible says, now his elder son, because I didn't have time to read the whole story. His elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. This is the prodigal's brother. Music and dancing. Over one person repenting. Can you imagine? A wild church. Where did y'all get that from? There's precedent for it. If there wasn't, I couldn't help it anyway. But He heard music and he heard dancing. Praise God. Can I stop right there for a second? I read an article yesterday that some lady was singing in Seattle, Washington. And the crowd was so loud, jumping up and down and shouting, that it measured 2.3 on the Richter scale. They literally shook the earth over a woman singing. Don't tell me church is too wild. That wasn't what I was preaching about. I just thought about that. Okay. So the prodigal, he did, went and did what he done. Now he's come back and here's his brother. Here's music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, what? And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. What on earth is going on? And he said unto him, thy brother is come. And thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. What happened? He gets mad. He got mad because somebody got mercy. And he would not go in. What a crybaby. What a spiritual sissy. Hang on. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gave me a kid, a big old fat goat, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Let me tell you, it pays to live for God. Don't misunderstand the story of the prodigal son. The father said, look, you've been with me and everything I got Sure, Is it okay for us to just have a little celebration uh, that your brother came back and got the Holy Ghost again? Is it all right to, to have a party uh, when somebody comes back to God? It was meat that we shouldn't make merry. We should have been merry. We should have been glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is now he's found. This is what you call unbelievable mercy. The elder son couldn't believe they was having a party over the younger brother coming home. Boy, I feel like preaching for a while. You know what you ought to do when you see somebody that struggles and they get back to the altar and they start shouting and speaking in tongues? You shouldn't fold your... Sh you ought to start shouting and praising because we have unbelievable mercy.
Jesus. See how unbelievable it is? The younger brother was shocked. I just want to be a servant. You didn't have to do all this for me. He was shocked at how merciful the father really is. The older brother was shocked. I'm sure the whole household was shocked. Ain't it beautiful when you get a revelation of the mercy of the father? When you see something uh, that you thought, man, they've gone way too far. Uh, in your mind, you can in your mind you can start writing people off, uh, thinking there ain't no way God's gonna allow them to come back. No, you don't understand God's mercy. Uh, let me tell you. Boy, I feel like shouting. I feel like running. I feel like dancing. Uh, when I think about the mercy of God, uh, when I think about all that he's done for me, uh, I want you to get a hold of this today. Everybody that touches mercy becomes shocked. The recipient is shocked. I didn't, I didn't think you'd ever let me sing another song. I just, I just wanted to be able to sit on the back row and feel your presence. God says, no, you're not a servant. You're my son. I know you messed up. But I, I want to restore you fully. Boy, I feel... This is, this, is, this is what happens to people who fall into temptation. They fall into sin and they fail God and they make mistakes. And, and who hasn't? Nobody. For all have sinned and come way, 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 way short. The glory of God. This is what happens though when people fail. Amen. We begin to reason with in our own mind. Come here, William. Praise God. You can stand over there. Come here, Colt. You can stand right there. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. After he uh Picked his pocket a few times. He's thinking he ain't never going to let me be his friend again. <laughs> oh, he's thinking if I can just hang out with him one more time. But in his mind, he thinks, well, he ain't never going to let me get close to him. Because I might pick his pocket. He's afraid I, I, but I ain't like that no more. But in his mind, he's saying I, I, I could never, and I understand. Why he wouldn't. It makes sense. I mean, who wants their, their pocket to be picked? And so, in his mind, and he's never picked a pocket. This is a totally fabricated story. <laughs> totally, to I think. But in his mind, he says, I'm a pocket picker. And that's what I was known as. And I made mistakes. And, but I, I, I don't want to be that no more. But I don't blame him for not letting me go over to his house on Sundays anymore. You know, because I did. You know what? It's what the devil does to people's mind. Y'all can stand there and preach with me or y'all can sit down. It don't matter. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, gave him a chance to preach and they sat down on me. So. Praise God. Do you know what the devil does? He starts making you think like humanity thinks. God entrusted all this stuff to me and I let him down. And I don't blame him. I don't, I don't blame him for not fully restoring 
and we get in our mind that we can have a half restoration or a quarter or maybe just enough to slip into heaven but, but never really get that embrace from the Father. Never get that identity again. And where that comes from is it's because our own mercy is so limited that that's just how we think. And we start thinking he thinks like we think. But his thoughts are higher, thank God, than our thoughts. And his ways are higher than our ways. And I've watched people, I grew up in church. Part of the time was being made to go to church. Part of the time was wanting to go to church. And I've watched people who were used mightily of God, anointing, soul winners, preachers, singers, musicians, people that could bring people. And I watched after they would mess up one time. It's like in their mind they could never get back to where they were. When I began to pray, this is what God dealt with me about. And I'm just going to tell you what God spoke to my mind tell them I'm not like they are I wish everybody in this house would stand to your feet and lift your hands to the Lord Come on, I want you to begin to pray. God, I can't even comprehend it. (laughs) Oh, but I want my heart to be right, God. (laughs) I feel mercy pulling somebody right now. You don't have to be a rank sinner. I'm talking about somebody that struggled in their mind. Would God even deal with me? Would God even restore after everything I've done? Do you think it's an accident that God put a story about a prodigal son that messed up his father's name Wasted his money. The Bible said when he saw that youngest son coming, he didn't say, well, I'll just sit here. If he prays hard enough, I'll touch him. He tell you, the father can see your heart a long ways off. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Did you hear what I... The sacrifice... What God wants is a broken spirit. A broken spirit and a contrite heart. A penitent heart. He will not despise. He will not refuse. He will not reject. I'll be honest... Almost 50 years old, I've seen people do stuff. Even here, I'm talking about where I come from. I thought, God, you're about to strike them people dead. I was just thinking in my own mind. Touched things they shouldn't have touched. Said things about the man of God they shouldn't have said. Said things about the church they shouldn't have. I thought, I'd be surprised if they live to see next week. And I was the one surprised (laughs) when I'd see them go back to an altar. I'd see tears start to come down their face and all of a sudden they start speaking in tongues again. And I ended up the shocked one. I'm telling you, I've been shocked many times in my life. You know what my prayer is? God keeps shocking me. 
keep surprising me, God. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. I just want everybody to come. I want everybody in this building to come down here. I don't know what part, what word you needed today, what part would affect you. I don't know which son you would be, the eldest, the youngest. I don't know it. But I know God. Oh, God wants to touch people. God wants to help you. God wants to show you what you didn't believe could ever happen. So available. It's so abundant. It's not a maybe. But He's plenteous in mercy. Come on. Come on, I wish some people would pour your heart out to the Lord. (laughs) Come on, talk to God. Come on, nobody can do this for you. This is something that's going to happen in your own heart. (laughs) Come on, let him hear some volume. Let God hear some volume. Let him hear your prayer. somebody you may have wrote your own self off God hasn't come on it's unbelievable what God will do Ha, 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 ha. 